For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the 6-in-1 edition of Believe in Vikings. I'm your host, Dustin Baker. We got Brian McKinney in the house tonight and Ron Sauce. Sal Spice is off, but we believe she will join us Wednesday. The Vikings took down the Cardinals 34-26. Now have a three-and-a-half game lead plus a tiebreaker over the Packers in the NFC North. And even if you're an optimist, you probably didn't foreshadow or foresee a 6-in-1 Vikings team. So perhaps they can stack another victory, Maybe going seven and one headed to Buffalo, which seems like an unwinnable game, but we shall see any given Sunday type vibes tonight. We're going to go through that Cardinals triumph and discuss, you know, things that surprised us, some of our takeaways, our temperature on the team, et cetera, and so forth. However, first, we're going to talk about betonline.ag basketball is back and betonline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at betonline. And as your continued source of all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV, believe, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Leaving Vikings is back for our version of a post-game edition. The Minnesota Vikings are six and one. I can safely say that nobody really saw that coming. I think even the optimists thought four and three, five and two would pre- be pretty damn cool through seven games. But bada bing, we're seven and one. The team took down the Cardinals 34-26 in another kind of roller coaster game. A lead was squandered, 11 point lead, but then in the end, they finished it out. Uh, Ron, give me a reaction of sorts to Vikings over Cardinals. Well, you know, it again wasn't a perfect game. Um, it was nice to see the third quarter them come alive and score the two touchdowns in that short amount of time. Um, but they didn't run away with it. But I like to see that even after the Cardinals took the lead, that they came back. Um, you know, much like we've seen all year long with this team, that uh, the resilience and you know the never give up. Whereas last year that may not have been the case. Um, so that to me is my initial reaction. Just they fought until the end, finished it off, and. Uh, and, you know, they walked away with, a, what was it, an eight-point win, so mm-hmm. we'll take it. The way that I see it now is that 6-1 and one is such a serious thing. Like, there's so many wins stacked up that even if the Vikings tried to collapse like we saw in 2016, it would be difficult to bungle the whole thing because even if they went 3-7 and seven the rest of the way, they're probably going to get the last wild card game. Of course, that's not the goal. 
But for a first-year head coach, getting into the dance is a, is a humongous building block. And a lot of us feel vindicated, Ron, uh, Bryant, to a degree, that you looked at this roster for the last two years and were like, what am I missing? Do I not know football? How come these guys can't be a playoff team? And a new general manager and head coach come in, and here we are at 6-1. and one. So that's kind of my generalized takeaway is that even a catastrophe right now, if they lost the next four games, it would suck, but it wouldn't be doomsday. That's how that's how spiffy a six and one game is. Bryant, your reaction to the six and one record? Um, well, you know, as we predicted last week, I already, you know, felt like they were going here with a win. Um, I think they were coming off a bye week, and it gave them time to get refreshed. I felt like okay, maybe they would start out a little slow. Sometimes that's how it is coming out of a bye week, and then you kind of regroup in the second half. You kind of you know put together a better performance and you end up with a win. Um, I think I had my win a little, probably a little more convincing, but it wasn't too far off. It was eight point win. I probably had like 10 or 12 or something like that. But I mean, I feel like they still did a pretty good job. Amen. They got, they, they got through with a win. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't see how people are just finding excuses <laughs> or, or, or reasons to like still not be satisfied. Like at the end of the day, whether it's three points, one point is a win. That's all we're going to remember at the end of the season is, the win column versus the loss column, we're not going to really remember the scores of each game like that. So it's like, hey, let's stack these wins. And if, <laughs> if that's how we got to, you know, fumble our way into a Super Bowl or whatever, then let's just keep <laughs> doing that. But, like, it doesn't have to be a blowout. No, I mean, well, it doesn't have to be close is, season, but, hey, that's the way we're going to do it. Let's just keep going. The problem is people want their opinion to be right. Like, they want they want to see that – like they're doing it to see this record doing it in spite of something else or doing it the way that, you know, like, you know, for all those Kirk haters out there, they want to see them win in spite of him when he's not a reason that we're losing games. He's obviously he's helping us make these comebacks, but he's not a reason that we're going out or we're not blowing out teams and he's not going 400 yards, three touchdowns. And so people, but right now we're in that middle where we're playing well, but we're not playing great. And then at times we're playing bad, but we're not playing terrible. So I think it's an unfamiliar territory because, you know, like Dustin said, I think off air, Brian, your early 2000s teams, it was go out there and score as quickly as possible because it's going to happen. We're going to put up 30 plus points every single game. Like good luck to stop in stopping us. But uh, now it's like we hit the 30 mark, but it didn't really feel like we were getting there. So. Brian, I want to ask you this. I was doing some homework on Vikings teams of uh, the past, like the 2009 team. And then this one, I don't know if I've ever asked you about this. And um, let's see if you'll remember. In 2003, uh, you guys, your second year, your first full season, you started 6-0 and and then ended up not <laughs> not finishing off too strong. Do you remember why that season? Yeah, I, was, I, thought, I remember I thought one year was 7-0, but you 6-0. Sound about right. Because um, we had such a hard training camp that we came out already in like, probably mid-season form mm-hmm. and started out really strong um, in those games. And it kind of was getting worn down because practices continued to be hard as well. Okay. And guys were getting worn down by the time we got to, like, mid-season. So I definitely – I know that's the answer for sure because I remember experiencing that. And I remember starting off strong and we were, like, in such great, like, <laughs> shape and form, but we were also being burnt out. That was and the season. We did a clip on it. Um, I, I have a clip. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna send it to y'all. I was talking about how hard practices were mm-hmm. at a certain period of time. And ESPN, we did a, a clip on ESPN about that. That practices were so hard that physically we were in a certain. We were ahead of everybody, but we wore down faster too. 
that was the season that the Cardinals finished us off with that crazy ass fourth and 23 or 26, whatever it was. You were so young then. Was was that devastating, um, you know, as a first new player or was it more of a, oh, we'll get them next time? It was in, in Arizona and we sent the Packers to the playoffs. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was only my second year. So I, I've like, well, you know, I got a chance to kind of get back at yeah. this again. Um, and that was, you know, I knew we were on the bubble to making the playoffs. So that was my first full season too. So I kind of, I guess I was kind of like, okay, well, we'll just be back next year. And it was already probably a long season for me because you got to remember the year before I was only played half of the season because I was gone. So that was my first entire season. So yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I figured it was kind of not that humongous of a deal for you personally because we've never really talked about it. And we've certainly talked the 2009 team to death. And this one, uh, it makes sense that you were so so new, so young that you kind of let it roll off your shoulders. On the uh, the bye week stuff, I want to point out for viewers and listeners that this should be a lesson that bye weeks don't have to be a bad thing. You know, we've been conditioned to think, oh, shit, we're going to lose because we're going to be rusty coming off the bye week. They're supposed to be advantageous. You're supposed to give right, the heel. <laughs> Yeah, heal and give the coaching staff two weeks to get ready. And so I just want folks you know, to know it, it, going forward that you don't have to go, oh, God, a bye week. Now, what are we going to look like when we come off it? It should my be. My only thing week. is I say you can they can come out a little slow. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Just from that's about it. But I feel like you, 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 you know, you, you pick back up. But you can start off like just a little slower than like the norm because you haven't, you know, you had time off. But um, you get back into the swing of things. But you also have time, like I said, to have a – more of a physical game. And I watched the O-line. And I feel like they played physical. Mm-hmm. I've seen them driving people into the end zone, you know, and running stuff like that. So it gives you time to get a little refresh and go out here and be able to play a little physical. So, yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The other thing that may be a little uh, overlooked, but, you know, we came out and, you know, again, yes, the bye week is supposed to be rested, which obviously we were. Um, and the other team whether it's that rust or rest that they're dealing with, the Cardinals are coming off of a mini bide having that Thursday night game prior. So that may have been a little advantageous for them because they had recently played. Um, so they didn't have that full bye week, but they got that extra time. Um, and, you know, again, the Vikings, um, they didn't come out looking like they were sluggish at all. Um, and there wasn't a point, any point in the game where I was like, oh, they, these guys had too much fun over the bye. So um, <laughs> it was just, it would have been nice to see the momentum continue to build and not have to give up the lead. But again, they overcame it and came out with uh, their really largest victory since uh, since week one. Ron, what was your, I guess, biggest surprise takeaway from the Cardinals week eight matchup? Well, um, I know there's probably years because I know you tweeted about it, but kicking situations reared its ugly head. Oh, um, a like, negative note, huh? Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> there are other things, like, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, like, people forget how good he is because of the six-game suspension for whatever, just some dumb stuff, but uh, um, people forget how great he is, and they watch him lined up. Harrison Smith could not be in better coverage. 
dude just sticks his mid out there and catches it. So, um, and Kyler Murray had a good game, like the mobility we kept in check. Um, Zadarius Smith, obviously, is just wreaking havoc up front. Um, but uh, I guess on the positive note, the the, the surprise, um, how well Patrick Peterson played. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know he wanted to stick it to his old team, but um, and I'm not saying that he's – well, yes, I'm saying he's slowed down, but that's what happens when in your first 10 years in the league you make eight all-pros, you're going to slow down. So he's not the player he once was, but it's nice to see that in spurts he's able to tap back into that, and you know he didn't give up a step. He that um, One of the pass deflections in the end zone, I believe, like he looked like the Patrick Peterson of old. So that was the positive. Did he leave it a rest last week? What was that? He said he got a little bit of rest. The, oh, the, the rest, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, he, he he clearly takes it personal because not that he was taking <laughs> shots at Stephen Kine, but uh, like he said a lot that uh, mm-hmm. the, the owner delivered a, a note to him, like talking about how he can't tackle and whatnot. It's like, is this Dan Gilbert? Like, um, <laughs> but uh, so it was good to see to see him play with that chip on his shoulder and kind of call him out. And uh, but yeah, the kicking situation, man, like. Typical Vikings fashion, you have a chance to go up by two scores by making an extra point, and he can't do it. Yeah. So we'll see what, it, what my, they do. My point of, point of order here, I would have no qualms if they went and got another free agent kicker and auditioned him, had a little competition, whatever it is. But this was where we were at uh, four years ago with Daniel Carlson. And every single person on earth that wore a Vikings shirt wanted him gone. And then he went off to have this marvelous career at the Raiders. And now Joseph and Carlson aren't the same guy. But remember this moment when, you know, folks are calling for the kicker's head because if he goes and plays for the Texans or turns into something like this is exactly where we're at. So we either hunker down and figure out, all right, is this guy going to work it out? Or you move on and you forget about it. It doesn't matter what the guy does after because you're the fan making a conscious choice to call for his release um and yeah right now i think i think my my tweet just pointed out it's no longer just a pain in the ass that he's missing extra points and every long field goal it's a problem especially if you're you're positioning yourself as a playoff team oh let's see my my biggest surprise gosh there was there was a couple i like the the peterson one a lot because he really has tapped into like a top 10 corner in the league resurgence and this is as good as he's played since 2018 i think on the whole my Biggest surprise is that the Vikings, this brand with Kevin O'Connor, they're at their best when they're balanced on offense. It We've kind of have this unabashed title that we're a pass-first offense now because it's Kevin O'Connell and he was a quarterback. But these Vikings play best when Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison are cooking. Now, they don't have to go back to the Zimmer days of run first, but when they are running the ball, that is when these guys, no matter what you say, are at their best um, because it just softens up the middle of the field. And then, you know, Cousins can do his thing. And then also allows the offensive linemen to kind of unleash on the D-line and, like, you know, wear them down because you can start to wear people down in their pass rush too. So that's why I like to run the ball. Yeah, amen to that. Brian, I did want to ask you a question because um, back in your day, so Justin Jefferson now he's at the point where a six for ninety eight is pedestrian, like and <laughs> like it's like that's two weeks in a row now where he goes off and you look at the box score, it's like wow, he had a big week. Um, I mean, and the expectations are obviously there for him. Was there ever a time like obviously you played with in my opinion the greatest receiver of all time and Randy Moss and his box scores, what he did on the field, it's always, you look back and it's just asinine. Like, just the numbers he put up, the yards per catch and everything. Was there ever a time that you guys sat back or in a meeting or anything and it was just like, <laughs> he had a, like a three catches for a 160-yard game and you're not, it's never brought up as just, 
we that's what we expect. Or were you guys so, so able to be an sat back and what looked at him in amazement sometimes, like wow, like look at this man really out here. <laughs> and then like for me, just being in the huddle sometimes, and he would like call it out before it happened, like picking peanuts, and you tell Dante like throw it over here in the corner, high in the corner, and it's another like. Him and Dante had their own like uh, chemistry, and I don't know the route tree and all that stuff, but it was like he basically was telling like high over the corner, like over his like shoulder, like it, they they knew what they were talking about. I was just there, like okay, just hold your block, <laughs> <laughs> so I get off the field, and um, I just knew. So Dante said, "All right, y'all, give me a little more time on this one. Like it's not gonna be you know your typical five to six, seven, five to six a second um pass. Like you may have to hold a little longer because." Randy about to stretch the field. And that's when you know, just, okay, like, hunger down and let's try to make this happen so you can get off the field. <laughs> Ron, with, uh, with Moss and then Adrian, kind of right after, we we really were spoiled with offensive playmakers that were one of a kind. Like, yeah, you just absolutely. you don't see home run hitters. Like, that. there are fabulous wide receivers and excellent running backs right now. But that style, like Adrian, would hit a 60-yard home run like that. And we're like, oh, it was an Adrian run. And, and then I Moss. could have had them at the same like, Oh, God. Because he was there briefly. Like, you know what I'm saying? I would have been there. Like, when I wish Randy would have never left. Yeah. And the eight people that came in, and we could have had them yep. then. Yeah. We would have both of those guys there. That would be crazy. <laughs> like, I know Randy came back at a certain point, but he wasn't there long because of children. But. I know. Yeah. Trust me. Like I mean, I'm sure Dustin is too. Like I thought about that all the time. It's like who who would it have been more advantageous to Adrian not having that eight man box to run into, or Randy having that safety not be able to play him? And in my head, I'm just like, man, like that. Yeah, that would have been hella fun because yeah. I still to this day, like you know, obviously Adrian, like he has a as a as a running back like people will give the knocks of the pass protection or the the hands or whatnot but there is still not a running back at least that i've seen in my lifetime where you give him the ball and you that you have to watch because he could mm-hmm. take it he could be dancing in the backfield and just gone yeah, and his rookie season nothing else says it like that it's mm-hmm. he had what 40 something yards at halftime against the chargers and then he went in 296 yeah. um it was it, unreal there's just with each of those guys respective, there's no other equivalent. And we just got right. to watch them, the sustainability of them for almost 10 years for each and about eight years from us. And now <clears throat> it's kind of like, I think I've told you this before, Ron, in, in, in basketball, when I was a kid, when Brian was a kid, Ron, you're a little bit younger is uh, for seven foot centers. It was always Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaq, David Robinson. And I thought oh, that was my era. I remember yep, that. I thought that's how the world worked. There was always yep. centers. And now they vanish. There's one per era and Dwight Howard and then Joel Embiid. But when I I just thought that's how basketball was. There'd always be about five seven foot centers who were all stars. And then, you know, those teams would go to the playoffs. And then somehow <laughs> they just went away. Um, all right, Brian, let's do uh your temperature on the Vikings going forward. Now we'll break down the uh commanders with Santana Moss on Wednesday. He, he's joining us, but tell us your, your overall temperature, Bryant, on the Vikings at six and one. I feel like the Vikings can go on the road. Like I, I take all those other myths from back in the day of playing outside on grass. I throw all that out the window. Um, I feel like the Vikings go on the Commanders is a beatable team. I feel like the Vikings can go on the road and beat the Commanders. I don't look at them as a threat um, for the Vikings. I, I, I mean, the only way is possibly like they're looking ahead to somebody else. Like who's after? Right, so I don't see that. I don't see that happening. They're not, they're not good enough to look ahead. 
All right, so yeah, take advantage, uh, you know, take, you know, take on the commanders and, and get past them. And I feel like they can leave out the seven to one. My uh, my temperature is I'm glad the commanders have won three in a row because, you know, it kind of leaves them fat and happy a little bit. I always <laughs> like when the team we're about to play wins the week before because you don't have to worry about any desperation or pissed offedness. So mm-hmm. I'm glad there. I think I'm going to I think I talked about this last week or the week before. I'm going to spend the next month trying to figure out if this six and one team, hopefully seven, one team, and then it'll be seven, two when they lose to Buffalo. I want to figure out if they're actually a Super Bowl contender, because right now. I don't see them in the categories, the Bills or the Eagles. However, I fully understand that teams can grow and gel. And right now, we've got this sweet-ass six-and-one head start to continue to grow and gel. And the defense, you can see it. A pass rush is showing up. It gets better by the week. So I'm hoping by maybe after the Thanksgiving game or hopefully we beat the Jets in, was it, December 4th or something like that, I'm hoping that I can say, all right, we're starting to look like a Super Bowl contender because right now, I'm just excited about having a, a really good head coach probably for a long time. Ron, give us your temperature and take us off air, sir. Well, I mean, my temperature, I feel good. It's, again, 6-1 six, six and one is a hell of a record at this point. Um, we can point out all the flaws, point out all the inconsistencies. That's fine. But the ultimate <laughs> the, the ultimate test is winning games, and they're 6-1. and one. So I'm feeling good about it. Um, you know, better now than I was at the beginning of the year because I, they're – you know, some of those, you know, 11, 12, possibly 13, those numbers are attainable now. It's not, uh, yeah. they haven't lost a bad game to a team that they should have beat. Um, so they've dealt with that. Um, as far as the game on Sunday, um, you know, it's interesting because we actually kind of have a little uh, revenge game for quarterbacks on both sides. Um, you know, for those uh, that remember Taylor Heineke was in line, um, you know, to potentially be the guy after Teddy's injury, but he broke his foot because he got drunk and had to kick in his apartment door. So um, now I don't know how much of those details are actually out, but, uh, <laughs> but yes. Um, so, it, you know, he might be and good for Taylor Heineke. Like he's gone and, you know, went through what the AFL or USFL, whatever. And he gives them an edge. Like he's mm-hmm. better than Carson Wentz. And even the way he handled that situation too, he's like, well, they're paying him a lot more money. So he's going to be the starter. So I'm glad to see that he's got a shot. I think he does have staying power, not like Kyle Sloter, um, but I think he does have the staying power. And then Kirk obviously going to face his former team that that viewed him as never being the guy that they wanted to go forward with. Right. That would be a nice little angle to look at. We're going to have two quarterbacks really battling it out in this game. Exactly. And uh, like that – you know, I just think if that's the case and both you give both teams give their A effort, I think the Vikings on paper are a more talented team um, just across the board, especially they're not going to have Chase Young back as of yet. Um, who knows if they're going to make a trade with, you know, Deron Payne or anyone else on their on their team. So um, and yeah, like you said, Dustin, they've won three games, um, you know, especially this last one, the way mm-hmm. that it happened, um, you know, with Terry McLaurin at the end there. Um Hopefully we can just go in there and take care of business and, you know, hopefully we're not looking past them to Buffalo and hopefully take it one game and, and go from there. But, uh, you know, we'll get into the preview on Wednesday, but as of now on uh, Monday of after week, what <laughs> are we in eight? I'm feeling good. Yeah. I don't think that this team will be look past because O'Connell used to work there. So he also has that little factor. He knows them a little bit and probably mm. wants the dub. <laughs> All right, Bryant. So, will we have Santana Moss for about about a half hour on Wednesday? Is he available that long? Yep. All right, cool. Well, we'll have we'll have Santana Moss here. I think uh, Sal Spice will be back. 
and we'll chat. He, he, does, he does their sports um, show out there. He does, you know, he lives out in D.C., so he does... Um, okay. Oh, okay. He does their sports radio. Oh, uh, their okay. sports television show. Wonderful. All right, we'll pick his brain about this matchup, and that's all we got for Halloween night. And skull, baby. Okay. Later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.